0: Villa's Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go, to know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. We continue our sermon series in the the book of James. Faith works, or works of faith, because that's really what it's all about. lot of conflict in the book of James, a lot of people think that you have to earn your salvation, we know as gospel-believing individuals that that is not true, we know that our salvation is a gift given to us, that is grace, for it is by grace you've been saved, through faith, not by works, so no man can boast. But the one thing we need to keep in mind as we go through the book of James is this, Our work will manifest itself out of our faith given to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we gather together now to continue in our worship of you. Our prayer is that we allow your truth to penetrate our hearts, to convict us in such a way that we follow the lead of your spirit that you have placed within our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus who has made all of this possible. Amen. I just want to start off this morning by giving you this verse as you look at this image. This verse will not be on the screen, but look at the image as I read this verse. This is from Galatians chapter 3 verse 26, and it's just like this. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For in Christ Jesus you are all Sons of God through faith. That doesn't mean that we're all sons of God. No, it means that we're all sons of God if we have faith in Jesus. All of us who have faith in Jesus, that really levels the playing field. So I guess it's safe to say, and I would suppose this is correct, when I mention the fact that your skin pigmentation, that's actually irrelevant, I suppose your level of attractiveness then would be irrelevant as well if this verse is true. But we know this verse is true because we are Bible-believing individuals. We believe in God's Word. We believe that His Word is absolute truth. See, this contradicts the sin nature that we were actually born into. And Pastor Jared walked us through how we were born sinners just a few weeks ago. But there's this decades-old experiment that found that newborns and young infants actually spend more time staring at faces that adults deem to be attractive. That's something that a newborn will naturally do as they are born into sin. See, the study consisted of images chosen by adults of faces that are considered to actually be beautiful and others that are considered to be less attractive. And the baby in this study spent more time staring at the face of those that we believe to be more attractive. I think it's safe to say that we're born into that type of sinful behavior. Also, though, with all this being said, and in light of our verse which stated, for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith, I suppose that your socioeconomic status How much money you make, how much is in your bank account, how much is in your portfolio, your invested portfolio, that is all irrelevant as well. So whether you are, you know, black, white, brown, yellow, purple, green, or whatever color it is that you are, whether you are an elite, upper class, middle class, lower class status, it too is all irrelevant, especially when it pertains to the gospel. Brothers and sisters... Either you are a child of God or you're not. It is black and white. It is cut and dry. It's either or. Either you are a child of God or you're not. And it's not about what you look like. It's not about what you have or what you don't have. It's all about your faith in Jesus. And see, as you look at this image here, it's all about the heart. It's not about the ex- external appearance. It's about the heart. See, that's where sin is harbored. But that's where the Lord has put His Holy Spirit. If we have saving faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in our heart to convict us of sin so we can root sin out so we can better follow Jesus. And see, it's sinful then for us To be partial to one person over another, since we know this is true. Since it's all about the heart, it is sinful for us to actually be partial to one person over another. In fact, it's actually sinful for us to be prejudiced. And that brings us to the title of our sermon this morning. We're going to be in the book of James, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And that title of our sermon coming from those verses is Sinful Prejudice. Sinful prejudice. Last week we were encouraged as we recognized that the mark of a Christian is someone who hears the gospel and responds accordingly. It's not good enough to just hear the gospel. We must hear the gospel and respond accordingly, which is only actually achieved through the implanted Holy Spirit in our hearts. And we know that's gospel truth. It is His work that He is doing through us. It's our ability to yield to His work that actually matters. Today we're going to be encouraged in impartiality. After all, our God is an impartial God. That's one thing that we forget. We like to throw out a lot of the attributes that we see in the Lord, but then we forget that, yeah, He is holy, He is righteous, He does show mercy, but ultimately, He is an impartial God. We're going to be encouraged, brothers and sisters, in how not to be prejudiced. So let's go ahead and get into our text this morning. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. As we look to put these verses this morning into one simple sentence, that verse or that's, that sentence that defines these verses looks just like this The believer should seek the inward heart, not the external prestige. It's that simple. The believer should seek the inward heart, not the external prestige. As we look at verse 1 here, let's not forget that verse that we started off with from the outset, Galatians 3:26. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. Now, how does James begin verse 1? He begins by saying, "My brothers." See, he's speaking to those who have saving faith in Jesus. That's James and his audience here. See, He's saying, show no partiality. And this is the same as saying, show no prejudice. The exact same thing. We're being asked here by James to imitate our Lord and Savior. We're being asked to be impartial. See, in Romans 2, verse 11, it says this. It says very clearly, for God shows no partiality. For example... Jesus was not born in the holy city of Bethlehem, was He? No. Jesus did not grow up in a reputable town with prestige. That wasn't where Jesus came from. If our God wasn't impartial, if our God did show partiality, He clearly would have had Jesus being born in Bethlehem with some prestige. If the outward appearance and reputation from that perspective actually meant something, then Jesus wouldn't have come from Nazareth, which actually had a poor reputation. And we know this from John chapter 1, verse 46, where it says, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Fortunately, Philip said, yes, come and, come and see How about in Matthew 20, where Jesus said this, and this has everything to do with being partial or impartial, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. See, if you remember that parable, what happened? The workers who were hired in the first hour got paid the same as the workers who were hired in the 11th hour. Our God shows no partiality. Then Jesus ends the parable by saying this He says, So the last will be first, and the first last. Our God is an impartial God. Now, as we move on to verses 2 through 4, James continues by giving us a similar illustration, and that's exactly what he's doing. Let me read verses 2 and 3, because this is James in his illustration here. It says, For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or, you know, sit down at my feet. See, it was common in that day for for people of wealth to wear multiple gold rings. We don't see that as much anymore. I mean, every once in a while you will see that. But we live in a very, very unique day and age. Because we can kind of show off our status two very simple ways. Whether you actually have the funds or not to afford when I'm about ready to say, you can still do it because we live off of credit, right? You can show off your status by designer clothing. You can show off your status by what kind of car you drive. But really, it's all a false sense of reality. It's all a false sense of security. See, today, this can be accomplished without wealth. We are, in fact, just that a society that runs on credit, which in turn makes us a society that runs off of debt. I think if most of us were honest here this morning and we evaluated how we were with our finances, we wouldn't be shocked to find out that many of us are living off of debt. But then we need to ask ourselves the question, why? What is it? What decisions am I making? Attitude do I have towards life that has caused me to be put into the situation that I'm in now? Which, if you ask me, is even more reason why we shouldn't show any prejudice to anybody. Because we're really all in the same boat. See, e- even the, the one who's indebted is just as bad as the one who put that person into debt. There are plenty of of individuals in this world who have made a fortune off of everyday average Joes like us going into debt. Brothers and sisters, let's not get this twisted though. The sinful behavior is not with the one wearing a gold ring or the one wearing a fine clothing like we see here in the text. The sinful behavior is not with the poor man in shabby clothing either. That's not where the sinful behavior is. The sinful behavior though is with the one being prejudiced against those who are or not. Oh, you sit here in a good place. And and you, why don't you just stand over there or sit at my feet? See, back in, in the day when this was actually written, the Jews didn't have the opportunity to have seats for everybody. So according to your status in society, maybe put you in a position to be able to sit on a seat or a bench, and it wouldn't have been fair to say, yeah, you come in, but you got to sit here at my feet because of my status. Those who harbor this type of sin in their hearts are, as it says at the end of verse 4, what does it say right there? It says, and this is harsh, judges with evil thoughts. Brothers and sisters, this happens in the church. If this didn't happen in the church, then why would James have to write about this? See, it happens in the church, but the church should be the last place that this ever happens. The church should be the place where somebody walks in and the first thing that we do is find out ways that we can learn their hearts. We shouldn't just judge somebody by their outward appearance. My, My first time experiencing this actually came in the fourth grade. I went to a basketball camp. It was a Christian basketball camp. And mind you, I'm to a point where anything labeled Christian, I question even harsher. But I was at this Christian basketball camp, and I remember this young man was just being teased nonstop by everybody else. And for some reason, I I don't even know why. I asked him because it was breaking my heart, that they were making fun of him. Now, now, mind you, he probably came from lesser means than everybody else, and you could just tell by what he was wearing, but that wasn't what was important to me. And I asked him, I said, why do you think it is that they're making fun of you? And it was funny, because it's kind of like one of those movie situations, because it was like the guy at the camp, the, one of the older campers, one of the better athletes, probably the better looking of all the campers in this camp, the guy who seemingly had it all from, you know, the outside looking in. He was the one just riding this young man. And I remember asking this kid who was about my age at the time, I said, why is it do you think that they're doing this? And he said, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because my shoes aren't black like their shoes are black. It was all external And I remember too, what was actually heartbreaking even further, and I don't know why, I'll just never forget this. I remember wanting his address after camp. I was able to get his address from the coach from the college who put on the camp. I remember sending him a, a letter just to encourage him. And I remember how he responded when he wrote back to me. He he had become hardened. He was not accepting of my encouragement. He was actually writing things back to me that led me to believe that he had been treated like this a lot in his life. And he was defeated. And he wasn't willing to accept somebody coming alongside him. But that wasn't for any other reason than other than how he had been treated his whole life because of how he grew up. Small little Indiana town on a farm with probably... Not much. Parents probably didn't even have two nickels to rub together. So my point is this. Happens in the church. It happens in Christian organizations, whether you're in elementary school at a young age or you're towards the end of your life. We have a sinful tendency and propensity to judge people on everything other than their heart. Whether rich or poor, we are all equal in the eyes of the Lord. In verses 5 through 7, verse 5 actually reveals where real wealth resides. See, the rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom... God has chosen those who are poor. He has promised his kingdom, as it says, to those who love him. Brothers and sisters, again, skin color, the pigmentation of your skin is irrelevant. Your socioeconomic status is irrelevant. So whether your pigment is black, brown, white, yellow, purple, green, or whatever, whether you're an elite An upper class, middle class, lower class status, it too is all irrelevant. It's all irrelevant because quite clearly, from what we see in our text this morning, God doesn't choose any of that when He chose us. All of that had nothing to do with what God used to determine why He chose us. God chose us, if we look at this text and if we're honest with ourselves when we look at it. He chooses us because of faith. God has chosen the heart where His Holy Spirit resides, and His Spirit resides within the heart because of the faith that He chose to give us. That is the gospel. Even your faith is nothing that you came up with on your own. Your faith has been given to you by God. God does the choosing. We don't If we could choose, then we could save ourselves. And if we could save ourselves, as we know, we could brag and boast all day long about what we did. But we can't brag and boast about our salvation because it wasn't our choosing to have faith. It was God's choosing for us. Verse 6 asks a wonderful question. Then, Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? See, we live in a day and age where society, the elites of society, we're talking the upper echelon of society. We're not talking upper class. We've mentioned elites a few times, but we're talking about the elites here, the cream of the crop when it comes to socioeconomic status. We live in a society where the elites take us to court each and every day. Now, if you don't think the elites take you to court, then just remember how your politicians got elected to the office that they ran for. They only got there because the elites allowed them to run in the first place. They only got there because the elites made sure that they got the votes they needed to get to obtain the office that they're in. Politicians are nothing more than attorneys for the elite. That's it. Every politician is nothing more than an attorney for the elite taking our society as a whole to court each and every day. Brothers and sisters... I can't stress this enough. Let them have their house of cards. Because that's all it is. Let them have their house of cards. And there's only one thing that none of them can avoid. There's only one thing that none of us can avoid. And that one thing is death. Sometimes your socioeconomic status doesn't do you any more bit of good than just giving off the impression that you're surviving better than the person that doesn't have as much as you. And really, when it all comes down to it, it doesn't matter how well you're surviving in this life, in this life now, on this earth that's here and right now, because the end result is death anyway. Green is the universal color of survival. The greener it is, the better it's surviving. But we all know that that's not necessarily true either. So as Joe comes up and we look to close out this morning and we look at verse 7, we understand that verse 7 reveals what these elites are ultimately doing. See, what they're ultimately doing is this. It says, Blasphemy the honorable name by which you were called. Those who God has not chosen to be rich in faith, those who do not love Him, they are the ones who are like a sinful baby. They are the ones that are like those babies in that study that tended to look more at the attractive face over the less attractive face. That's our natural tendency, whether we like it or not. I think it's safe to say that not one of us here is above that. And that's where we keep ourselves in check by preaching this gospel truth to ourselves every day. The reminder that we need not to be partial to one person over the other. The reminder to ourselves that we must not participate in sinful prejudice church, there's a a verse where Jesus describes how it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for the rich man to enter heaven. And the reason why he says that is because the rich man is used to buying his way along the way. But there's a great deal of being partial involved in order to partake in such behavior. And scripture is very clear. Our job is not to look at the outward appearance. Our job as believers is to get to the heart of the matter. And the best way that we can do that with other people is to just ask Questions. Get to know people so we can come to truly know who they are and what it is that motivates them. And hopefully we see a person who is being guided as they yield to the Holy Spirit in their lives. So as Pastor Steve comes up and leads us in communion as we partake in Threefolds Communion this morning, let's not forget our main idea, which stated the believer seeks The inward heart, or the believer should seek the inward heart, not the external prestige. So as Pastor Steve comes, I'm going to pray for us to close out our time of worship with the proclamation of God's Word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that we can continue to be a church that allows your word to convict us into positions to sharing our faith with those who do not know you. Lord, as we are about ready to transition into the threefold communion, I pray that we can do so with pure hearts who have repented of our sin as we've committed ourselves to confessing our sins to you. And we know that all of this is only possible through the person and work of Jesus Christ. It is in His name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.